0: friends i'm olivia and i'm katie and we are podcast by proxy welcome we're live <laughs> Hi. we are hello are. Uh, how's it going good 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 busy
1: good tired there's barely any daylight out anymore oh
0: i know and we both work at home during the day so it's oof really gotta open those blinds for the the three hours that the light's available
1: i'm gonna need a sad
0: lamp the <laughs> sad lamp i want to get one of those or like a sad light i want to get one of those lights that acts like the sun like sunrise? What are you talking about? Yeah, like a sunrise it's a lamp? Sad lamp. Oh, I didn't know it was called a sad lamp. Who else calls it that? Yeah,
1: it's like a. It th- That's literally what it's called. It's like an acronym for something to do with needing that.
0: Oh, that makes sense.
1: <laughs>
0: something? We're not
1: sure if Olivia's <laughs> landlords are being broken into right now.
0: Is there a burglary or happening
1: up there? They're moving their furniture around, maybe, for the holiday dinner? Maybe. But it definitely sounded like someone dropped something from the ceiling a minute ago.
0: <laughs> a hole just comes very heavy. Of my, through my ceiling. Yeah, let's hope not. Please, no. <laughs> I don't actually think we have that much to cover before we get into what we're going to talk about. I can't think of much. No,
1: I don't think so.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. Remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about... Just how we feel like a lot of people are going missing in BC, and yes. we're like, is it us? Do we just notice it because we're here, like we're sitting at home more? Or are we seeing the news more? Or are we just hyper focused on that one thing? It turns out we're not.
1: Oh, thank God! I thought I was going a little crazy.
0: Yeah, no. So after that, I did some research into like missing persons statistics. Statistics. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hold on guys I'm gonna go read some statistics over here after that I went and did some reading on some statistics so I'm just gonna talk a little bit about missing person statistics in Canada before I talk about the main case today Um, I just thought that would be interesting to highlight because we were talking about it and it turns out we're not crazy uh, BC has a lot more people that go missing in general, not even just lately. Oh. Yeah. So.
1: That is kind of surprising. I actually was not expecting you to say that.
0: Yeah. So, in any given year, 70,000 to 80,000 people are reporting missing to police in Canada. So over the last five years, British Columbia has had the highest number of missing adult and children reports per capita in the country. So we are not crazy. A lot of people go missing here for some reason. In 2018, BC had 249 missing adult reports per 100,000 people, followed by the Northwest Territories at 161 reports per 100,000 people.
1: Yeah, I did know that they were very high up as well, mm-hmm. but I am shocked.
0: Yeah, what? it's wild. Hey, at BZ's number, none yeah. of it was the lowest. I was looking
1: at like the crime index recently for other things, based on our like provinces, and I was shocked at some other numbers as well. So, yeah, I'm very intrigued by this. Yeah, I mean, not happy about it, but it's. I'm glad I'm not crazy.
0: You're definitely not crazy. <laughs> None of it had the lowest, with eight reports per 100,000 people. And in the same year, BC also had the highest number of missing children per capita, with 667 reports per 100,000 people. Saskatchewan was second for missing children, with 458 reports per 100,000 people. And PEI had the lowest, with 10 per 100,000 people.
1: I'm actually really shocked that they were second.
0: Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan?
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I just, just wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, we just never really hear from them. True.
0: They're the shy ones. So for context as to how many more people go missing in BC than anywhere else, the next closest province with the highest number of overall missing person cases is Ontario, and BC has had double the number of people go missing, despite Ontario having triple the population.
1: I was about to say, for context for anyone, that's shocking because, yeah, they're triple our size.
0: Well, they just have way more people.
1: Yeah, they're just a lot bigger, that's all.
0: There's no clear consensus as to why people go missing at way higher rates than any other province in BC. BC RCMP communications officer for the island district, Chris Manso, says that he believes the province's topography could be a factor. There are lots of lakes... Forests, mountains, ocean, kind of making it hard to know where to start. Like, if somebody wanted to disappear, they could fairly easily. Well,
1: do you remember, like, I don't even want to be rude and misquote how long ago, but do you remember when that dad named Ben went missing years ago and the police just didn't really know where to start looking even? Mm -hmm. So they just started looking everywhere. He went missing in Duncan and was found in Chimaneus.
0: Yeah, that was a really crazy case. That was really sad. Devastating. People going missing or just like there being a lot of lakes and forests and things to do in BC basically became a growing problem in 2020. Because BC search and rescue organizations noted a 25% increase in calls at 1,959 search and rescue calls with the average annual previously being around 1,500.
1: Yeah, we had a bunch of unexperienced hikers going into places and terrain completely unprepared and then needing these pretty massive rescues in all contexts. Like They were helicopter search and rescue out for sometimes multiple days looking for one or two hikers when if people were putting a bit more time and energy into getting prepared and learning about where they were hiking and what was needed, we could save a lot of resources.
0: Yeah, the pandemic pushed a lot more people to explore outside. And in a lot of cases, those people weren't always prepared. Yeah. Main thing that I'll say on that is just like, don't rely on your cell phone. Your cell phone, especially when you get in areas that start to have like way lower service, your phone is searching way. Sorry, I just hit my mic. Your phone is searching way harder for service and it loses power at a way faster rate and like People think their phones are going to last and then you're stuck in the middle of nowhere and don't know what you're doing with no, with no phone. So like just don't rely on your cell phone to get you out.
1: And if your phone is going to die, change your voicemail to this is where I am, I got lost, I need help. So then when people do call your phone and it goes straight to voicemail, that's what they're going to hear and they're going to get you help as quick as possible. It's not going to be someone waiting to hear from you. And calling you in missing.
0: Yeah. I mean, or just text someone. I don't think you could change your voicemail anyway unless you have service, so.
1: I don't think you could text someone if you don't have service. But
0: it uses less battery than, call, <laughs> like, changing your voicemail. I feel like that's just you, a waste of time If it's, like, nighttime and you're
1: at, like, 0%, put in your voicemail a landmark you're near and how to find you. I
0: guess. Okay. British Columbia reported... 12,400 adult missing person cases in 2020, more than 40% of the total, 29,645 for the entire country. So we reported more than 40% of missing person cases for the whole country in 2020. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. The data that was provided is not really helpful at all in determining the reason why BC reports higher numbers of people disappearing or why the number shot up in 2020 Data from the uh, National Center of Missing Persons and Unidentified Remains lists the top reason why people went missing in 2020 is unknown. And the second is other. So unknown and other <laughs> is why people go missing in BC. If anybody out there is wondering. hmm
1: And there was no sub-breakdown of what other might be?
0: No. Not on the fast fact okay. sheet, anyway. It's fast facts, mm-hmm. so...
1: Oh, with the N double blah 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 whatever their acronym is.
0: Yeah, it's NCMPUR.
1: Fast facts with that:
0: National Missing Childrens and Persons and Unidentified Remains. Sorry, I got it wrong last time.
1: No, they do amazing work, but that's a big ass acronym. It is, yes.
0: In 2020, 61% of adults reported missing were removed within 24 hours, 89% removed within a week, so similar to 2018, mm-hmm. those kind of numbers are straight across the board every year. Almost, Almost all missing okay. reports get resolved within a week, but it's the ones that don't that we care about here. The last 18% were listed as runaway or wandered off. A very small percentage were considered an abduction or accident or presumed dead. And one female missing person in 2020 was listed as a victim of human trafficking. One. Only one. One. <laughs> I'm glad that was both our reactions at the
1: exact same time. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. I would like to get more into that as well, but that's another day, I think. Yeah, sorry, what? Yeah,
0: I find this
1: report again. I find that want the individual person.
0: Yeah, I just find that insanely hard to believe. Like
1: me too. Fake
0: news, but moving on. Yeah. One area of BC that could contribute to higher numbers of missing people is the Highway of Tears. Uh, We have talked about the Highway of Tears, I think, on this podcast, but we'll just go into it a little bit more in depth.
1: I think we've touched on it, but yeah, not much.
0: Yeah, so the Highway of Tears is a 724-kilometer stretch of the Yellowhead Highway 16. The highway spans from Prince Rupert on the northwest coast of BC to Prince George in the central interior.
1: That's the highway that we talked about last week that you can get into Burton on. Yes. So Burton is along that
0: highway as well. Okay, there you go. So Burton's along there as well. Mm -hmm. So some areas along the highway actually display warning signs telling women not to hitchhike due to a potential killer on the loose. Because so many women have either gone missing or have been known to be murdered, like off of that highway, many women, uh, a large number of them, indigenous women, are of course known to have disappeared or been murdered along the Highway of Tears. Some of these cases date over fifty years old. Until twenty, I think a large
1: numbers an understatement.
0: Yeah, there's huge debate. I'm not even going to go into that because there's massive debates over like how many yeah. cases there actually are. The police say like 41 or something and indigenous groups say it's way more
1: what do the tribes say yeah yeah way more i don't believe what the police say Yeah. yeah
0: until 2017 the area surrounding the highway had no public transportation which forced locals to hitchhike for transit after much public pressure bc transit started three new bus routes along the highway One actively services the area between Smithers and Morristown. The other two service the areas between Burns Lake and Smithers and between Burns Lake and Prince George. In 2018, the province reported that approximately 5,000 people had used the new bus routes in their first year of service. Wow. Crazy. Like, clearly those were needed. And actually, they had suggested, like, buses or a shuttle back in, like, 2006. So it took them 11 years to do anything about it after recommendations were made.
1: And I know to other people, us saying like, wow, 5,000 people use that? It seems like nothing. But if you understand that these are very large, dangerous stretches of highway, and people now have that resource, that's 500 people that aren't hitchhiking. It is a lot. Sorry, 5,000. And that's not a lot for annual ridership on an actual route, really. But, for where it is and the demographics, that's such good ridership. That's what that's I was gonna amazing. say.
0: Where it is. There's not a yeah. lot of people that live in a lot of these like no. very remote communities. Um, they're the not just like,
1: provided a lot more freedom to people as well, especially like elderly people who don't drive or aren't comfortable. Yeah. Having the accessibility of something like that is probably amazing.
0: I mean, that should be obvious based on the fact that there just wasn't buses there to begin with. Like, these aren't regular cities. These yeah. are, like, tiny remote communities that a lot the of the towns. time are, like, impoverished and don't have access to a lot of other things, too. So, yeah, this was mm-hmm. a huge win for the community. According to H- Human Rights Watch, which is an international non-government Non-governmental organization that conducts research and advocacy on human rights, along with having the highest number of people who go missing, BC also has the highest rate of unsolved murders of indigenous women in Canada. We're holding all of the Shocker. records. Yeah, I hate all these records that we're holding right now. Mm-hmm. So some people are declared dead due to the circumstances of their disappearance, but if a body is never recovered, the person remains in the system as a missing person indefinitely. In other cases, bodies are found, but not matched with a missing person. As of May 2021, the BC Coroner Service had unidentified remains of 19 people found on Vancouver Island alone. (laughs) What? Yeah. Wow. 17 of those 19 un- unidentified bodies are male. It's just a fun fact. But 19 people or 19 it does bodies. does surprise me though.
1: I honestly expected it to be 17 women.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, you would think, yeah? A lot of, I mean, yeah. a lot more of the time true crime statistics are kind of geared towards women as victims. So yeah, that's fair. In some cases, people who are reported missing for lengthy periods of time are found alive.
1: I love those stories.
0: I'm going to tell you one of those stories right now. woo So Lucy Johnson was born Lucy Ann Carvel on October 14, 1935 in Skagway, Alaska. She was born to Mother Margaret and Father Andrew Carvel. The family moved around Alaska for a bit. First in Bennett, Alaska, uh, from 1935 to 1938, and then they were in Pennington, Alaska, from 1939 to 1943. In 1943, okay. the family settled down in Carcross, Yukon. The Carcross is named such because it was originally known as Caribou Crossing, so they just shortened it. It's almost like it's almost like the locals called it that, and then it just like stuck, like call- and they were just like, "This is we're just called this now."
1: Yeah, I know. I just feel like I mentioned, it just threw me off because in, like, that case I did in the Yukon and Northwest Territories the other weeks or two ago, it was, like, Caribou Creek, and everything around there has Caribou in the name, so I feel like it's very fitting that that was the name they just came up
0: with and it stuck. Fair. Carcross sits on Bennett Lake and Nairs Lake in the Yukon. It's home to the Carcross and the Tagish First Nation. And during the 2016 census, Carcross had a population of 301 people. (laughs) It's tiny.
1: (laughs) I know a few people that live in the Yukon, actually. I would love to go visit, though. It's beautiful.
0: Same, yeah.
1: But it's it's small.
0: It's definitely on my, like, bucket list. I'm trying to make more things on my bucket list that are just in canada because i feel like we live in (laughs) one of the nicest places in the world and then we're like let's go it's somewhere else like no i'm gonna go to the yukon or like the northwest territories or somewhere cool i don't know there's just so much here why not just explore here other than the fact that it's expensive as shit to travel within canada
1: yeah it's pretty pathetic it actually costs less for us to travel out of our country most of
0: the time probably why we do it yep in 1953, at the age of 18, Lucy left Carcross and didn't maintain contact at all with her family. She just left, which is kind of important. Not that Did part, they have
1: a bad relationship that we know of? Or she just one day was like, the later days. We
0: don't know of it at all, but it's like interesting. Okay. It's more of just like a pin that one to the board because it's it's just interesting. So she left and she didn't talk to them at all when she left. Yeah, I'm in a
1: parking lot that one for sure. (laughs) Yeah, she just
0: left and didn't turn back. In 1954, she married a man named Marvin Johnson in Blaine, Washington, and they quickly had two children, a daughter Linda in 1954 and son Daniel in 1955. The family moved around New Westminster, which is in British Columbia, for a time before settling down in Surrey, B.C. in 1956. Oh, Okay. We unfortunately don't know too much about their life or their time in Surrey. Um, we do know that Marvin was listed as a first mate on a tugboat. However, he was unemployed as of nineteen sixty-one. Lucy was listed as being employed at Saint Paul's Hospital in nineteen fifty-four, and she also had regular contact with the Catholic Aid Society during this time.
1: Okay, so there's at least really some tabs on her.
0: So now we're going to fast forward a little bit. As we do sometimes. On May 14th, 1965, Marvin reported his wife, Lucy Johnson, missing. When the police asked when Lucy had last been seen, Marvin admits that the last time anyone saw his wife was a neighbor in September of 1961, which was almost four years prior. (laughs) Yeah, I got
1: busy. I just forgot to call. (laughs) What? What?
0: Yeah. Hey, she's missing. Um, I have more questions now in the
1: parking lot, but okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm sure they'll get answered, but like, what?
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm curious to go on. Let's hear. Yeah. So the family lived... I wish we had this 911 call.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The family lived in the uh, the 10300 block of 145A Street in Surrey, and... The neighbor had reportedly seen Lucy walking across the street in September of 1961 and leaving the house, and just that—that that was it. That was the last time. So because does she remember what she was wearing? I don't. Uh, there's really limited reporting on this case, uh, but so no, we don't Based know. Based
1: on the time alone, I would have assumed the information was limited. So you're already doing great.
0: <laughs> So because of the amount of time that it took to report Lucy missing, the police immediately suspect that foul play might be involved and that Marvin may potentially have something to do with it. I mean, again, who doesn't report their wife missing for four years? And then it's just like, hey, so she's yeah. Um, I can't foul find my wife is a fair assessment. <laughs> like <laughs> what? Still can't get over it.
1: That would be like me calling the pound I and mean, being like, I lost my dog. When?
0: Seven months ago. Literally. They'd be like, like, what? "Um, Uh, what? (laughs) Yeah. So the police treat the case as a homicide investigation pretty early on. Um, It was also really well known in the neighborhood that Lucy was missing and that Marvin just wasn't reporting it. It was like everybody in the neighborhood was just like
1: on on on. edge
0: waiting for like they didn't know why he didn't want to report it. They just knew that he wasn't. But everybody knew that she was missing. Like it was not a secret.
1: If you see something, say something, (laughs) people. This
0: whole neighborhood did not.
1: If you all knew she was missing, you're just as bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually don't know if there was something that happened that prompted him to finally come forward. Like, I don't know. I am, I imagine something must have gone on to make you be like, hey, maybe he wanted to get remarried and he had to, like, report her missing to have her declared dead so that he could. Re- I don't know. But, like. Because maybe. I he does remarry. So I'm just trying to think of a reason but, why yeah. after four years you well, would be like... Well, that crossed
1: my mind, too. Yeah. Or maybe someone's like, okay, man, if you don't do it, I'm going to. And he's like,
0: okay, fine. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Marvin was questioned by police, of course, and maintained that he knew nothing about where Lucy might be. Neighbors had also reported to police seeing Marvin in the backyard digging for a septic tank. So... Yeah. In 1965, the
1: police sorry, didn't. This is not looking good. <laughs> yeah.
0: In 1965, the police do a whole investigation of the family property in Surrey, but they never found anything relating to Lucy's disappearance.
1: And sorry, what year was this? 1965. The 60s? So the same. Yeah. There was no ground-penetrating radar back
0: then. <laughs> no, they literally just excavated the whole thing, but they didn't find anything, and. They continued to investigate Marvin, but they never had any evidence to charge him with a crime. Like, it was, there was nothing, so they couldn't.
1: Yeah, like, oh,
0: he got a new septic tank. That's not a crime. (laughs) No. The police take DNA samples from both Linda and Daniel, and they would periodically test them against any unidentified bodies, but they never got any matches. At the time of her disappearance, Lucy was 5 foot 5, 110 pounds with dark hair, and she was listed as having a dark complexion. She's of First Nations descent of, I'm not sure, like, what tribe, but she was born in Alaska, and I know that she is First Nations. Okay. After she disappeared, Marvin rarely talked about Lucy. He did eventually remarry, like I said, and the kids were forbidden from talking about their mother from that point on. They were not allowed to, like, speak her name in the house okay hi friends if you like what you hear and you want to get even more content from us we're officially live on patreon patreon is a subscription
1: service where you can get early access to our regular episodes get bonus episodes live q a sessions and more visit the link in this episode description to learn more and sign up you can also follow us on instagram facebook twitter and
0: tiktok at podcast by proxy katie and i are so appreciative of every single one of you for being here with us If you want to support us even more, don't forget to hit the follow button wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Growing the show means we will be able to invest more time into bringing you more stories like the one you're hearing today.
1: Hey, Ann Barner. Hey, Karen Devaney.
0: We need a promo. Oh, what's a promo? You know, like where we talk about what we do on our podcast. On our sugar-coated murder podcast? That's the one. Like how we love to bake and talk about murder? Two of our favorite things. Yes. Yes, that's what we need to
1: talk about. There you go. I think we've talked about it. Is that our promo? It could be our promo. I think that's a great promo. I do too. And we don't have enough time to drop the F-bomb and say sorry, mama. (gasps) True that. Perfect. There's our promo. Promo done.
0: Y'all find us on all your favorite listening apps. Stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. Bye bye now. Daughter Linda recalls that all she had left of her mother was three photographs and a few fragmented memories. Um, Linda acknowledges that her father liked to drink and did have a temper, but she says that she didn't remember any violent episodes and that she never experienced physical abuse of her own with her father. Charges were considered against That's Marvin, cool. like I said, but again, there's just no evidence.
1: Yeah, I, he looks bad,
0: Yeah, but he's not done anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing tying him to it. And he's maintaining no. his innocence throughout all of this.
1: I had a spoiler to this one, so I'm not too stressed about it. So that's kind of why I'm like, what?
0: We're going to carry on. I'm in. Yeah, we're going to flash forward to 2013 now. Wow, we're going to flash forward a lot. We're on a flash, flash forward. <laughs> Nothing really happens. I mean, he, Marvin dies. Affair. She's just they, not yeah, there. She's just not there. Nothing. It, it kind of just goes cold. But as we know, missing person cases always technically stay open. So we're in 2013. 2013, Lucy's case was considered one of the long, one of the RCMP's longest coldest, (laughs) longest coldest cases. (laughs) Longest coldest cases. Yeah. (laughs) So the RCMP decided to try and renew public interest in the case by featuring it on their Missing of the Month series. This runs on July 2nd, 2013. Lucy's daughter Linda, who's now an adult with her own family and life, sees the RCMP segment about her mother's case and decides she's going to try and get some answers, but like, on her own. So Linda now goes by Linda Evans. She's a former nursing attendant, and at the time of this, um, she was raising a 16-year-old grandson who had special needs in Surrey. She was only seven or eight years old when her mother went missing, and she never knew more about it than she went missing. And, again, her dad just forbade them to talk about it or ask about it. Linda... Mm-hmm. So after seeing this Missing Person of the Month segment, she decided yeah. to go through some of her family's old things, and she found her parents' marriage certificate. This allowed her to learn that her mother had lived in Carcross, Yukon. Discovering this, Linda decided to take out a personal ad in the Yukon News that included Lucy's it, name, girl. right, birthday, um, <laughs> and where she was born, the name of her grandparents, Margaret and Andrew Carvel, and a photo that she had had of her young mother. Linda also included her email address in the ad for contact. Yes. The ad read, I am looking for my relatives. My grandparents' names are Margaret and Andrew Carvel. My mother's name is Lucy Ann Carvel. She was born October 14th, 1935 in Skagway. So a few weeks go by, and then on July 13th, 2013, a woman named Rhonda is at her job where she worked as an office manager for the White Horse Star. She receives a phone call from her brother Howard, and Howard tells her that he saw a woman's ad in the paper and wanted to make sure that what he was seeing was right. He tells Rhonda that a woman in the newspaper was looking for her mother who had the same name as their mother. Yeah.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah. So Sleuthing she's losing. And- Oh,
1: sleuth away, girl. Sleuth. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So after she speaks with her brother, Rhonda hangs up the phone and she checks the ad. Sure enough, it's her mom. Definitely her mom.
1: Could you imagine just like the goose pimples you'd have at that moment being like, I have another sibling?
0: Right? Like what? And she said, so she admitted that like at first when she saw it, she assumed she must have been given up for adoption. Because that's where everybody's head would go. Like, she's looking for her birth mom. Of course. Yeah. She had no idea that the RCMP was involved or that her mother was actually considered a missing person. She picks up the phone and calls 77-year-old Lucy to tell her that she saw a missing persons ad for her in the paper. And Lucy's response was, I'm not missing. I'm here. I was never hiding. So she's just... She just started
1: a new life she
0: just peaced out doing her thing and
1: just i'm not missing i'm just not wanting to be found
0: yeah she's so like okay. i was literally never hiding i, mean, I, I just left you,
1: girl i get that feeling some days so
0: well and think about it we're at a time when you didn't there was no cell phones
1: yeah she just didn't want to stay in contact in mm-hmm. that life she yeah. wanted to just up and leave and that's what she did and with minimal contact back then, if you didn't want to be found, it was pretty easy not to be.
0: Yeah. So, after confirming that the woman in the ad was indeed her mother and that Linda was actually her biological half sister, Rhonda sends Linda an email that she never thought she would get. She confirms that her mother is alive. On July 16th, 2013, after speaking with Linda, Rhonda calls the police to say that the woman in their missing persons segment was her mom. Police get in touch with Linda and begin to connect the dots. Um, and then Lucy went into a local police detachment to identify herself and confirm that after 52 years, they had solved one of the longest missing persons investigations in Surrey RCMP history.
1: What the fuck, lady? Yeah. You got some splaining to do.
0: The investigator who had been most recently working this file for like years got a call about the news that Lucy had been found on his second to last day working the unit. He was jazzed. That's
1: not fate. I don't know what is.
0: Right? Crazy. This case is a wild ride. Lucy maintains that she was never deliberately hiding. She says that Marvin was abusive to her, physically and verbally, and that he cheated on her regularly. She said during a fight one day, he told her to get out and leave, and when she tried to come back to take the kids, he wouldn't allow her to, and she never tried to go back. Wow. Yeah. Linda was understandably, like shocked confused excited and pretty much all of the other emotions that you would feel upon hearing this news you know what i mean like she's like i don't know am i supposed to be mad or sad or happy or what
1: yeah i don't think i would know how to feel in that moment either
0: no so july 18th 2013 she made a news statement in which she said Quote, I have a lot of questions and they're all wise
1: Fair. two Thanks.
0: days yeah two days after this interview Linda spoke with Lucy on the phone for the first time in decades um, she was shaking the first time she dialed the phone number to Whitehorse and she said after this that the conversation went good like a bit uncomfortable because she just didn't really know what to say and she said that Lucy seemed like <laughs> Bye, she Mom. was still in shock like, so yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Also, Uh, this woman is also in her 70s now. This is a lot to process as well. I can only imagine how overwhelming it is for her.
0: Exactly. At the end of the conversation, Linda said basically that she was just happy that her mom wanted her to be part of her life. Because you got to think about it. Like, your mom leaves you for over 50 years. You don't even know if she's going to be, like, happy to hear from you.
1: Yeah, you might think, "What? you're just messing up my life now. Yeah. It's been so many years. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah.
0: September 2013, Linda flew to Whitehorse to meet Lucy and the rest of her new family. Um, Lucy oh, actually goodness. paid for this trip for her to come visit. And Linda later claimed that Lucy recognized her right away because she looked so much like herself and Rhonda. So she basically Aww. just fit in right in right away. And she like recognized That's her adorable. immediately. Mm hmm linda stated that parts of this first visit were unpleasant obviously the biggest question was why and on top of having to catch up after 52 years and discuss some like pretty hard topics linda also had to break the news to lucy that daniel had drowned in his early 20s like that he wasn't there anymore lucy recanted sad i know Lucy recanted the story to Linda that she left because her father Marvin was abusive and cheated on her regularly. He told her to leave and when she tried to take the kids he wouldn't let her and after that she never tried to go back. Um, when they reunited Linda was 59 years old and Lucy was 77.
1: Oh my gosh they've missed their entire lives together.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is why I think she is just like I'm not mad I just want to spend time with my mom. You don't have time to be mad at that point. There's limited
1: time left at this point. You never know what the next day is going to be. So why stay mad at each other?
0: Yeah. She, She also says like she believes her mother's story because she can tell that she wants her to. But she has serious doubts about how you could just walk out on your two children and never look back like she's like the only difference is that i would never leave my kids
1: yeah i have a tough time with that one as well yeah but we do not know the circumstances in which she was being abused of course and when someone finally has the strength to leave if she really doesn't think her children are going to be in harm's way at this point it may have actually been her safest step
0: Well, and I come back to the beginning when I said she turned 18 and she just left her family and never looked back. Mm -hmm. She left her entire family who like raised her and she grew up with and never spoke to them again. So it's not like she's not capable of just starting a new life and starting over and not speaking to the people from her past. She's done it once. The pattern is there. It's not like she's a person who can't do that. No, and we she don't
1: just hits the reset button.
0: Yeah, we don't know the situation there either. It's just more like I think there are some people who can do that and some people who can't. Like it's harder for some people to let go of people and things and memories and places than it is for others.
1: Yeah, I just don't think it's something that the average joe can do in general mm-hmm. usually. No. no, no, no. So that's the only reason why I said that. So super so
0: <laughs> just kidding. Rhonda. So, Rhonda says that the most she can get out of her mom is that it was a domestic dispute situation. She can't... She won't say anything else. So, it's it's, it's very strange. Lucy has also... Okay. Okay. She's not spoken publicly, but Rhonda said that she didn't seem overly concerned when her past life was revealed.
1: Well, that doesn't really say much,
0: but... No. Uh, she said she thinks maybe she expected it to come out eventually. Like, I mean... I don't like, know.
1: maybe it was a bit of a relief, finally. Like, she knew it could always pop up at any moment, but now that it happened and it didn't go horribly, maybe it's more of just a relief.
0: Yeah. And uh, Linda says she's not angry with her mother anymore, like I said, and she's just able or happy to be able to have years left with her, which I think is a really great positive outlook to take on such a strange situation um but isn't that an amazing and also strange story yeah but sometimes
1: we all wonder i think what it would be like to just pick up and start over and that lady did twice (laughs) yeah she really
0: did now lucy's case was surrey rcmp's last open file from 1965 but surprisingly not its oldest missing persons case Surrey RCMP And she was missing for what, fifty years? Fifty two years. She had been missing (laughs) since technically nineteen sixty one, but it was the file was opened in nineteen sixty five, as we know. Okay. The oldest missing person case for Surrey RCMP is uh, Humphrey, also known as Albert Wilkinson, last seen on January twenty third, nineteen fifty seven. And for funsies, I'm going to tell Albert's story. Yes, it's like a little bonus inside of a bonus. Whoop whoop. This is a regular episode, bogo. not a bonus. I'm aware of that. Exactly. You guys just get a sneaky little B O G O. So Albert, as he went by, was Al. Can I call you Al? Albert as he went by was reported missing to Surrey RCMP by his mother on January 29, 1957. He had not been seen or heard from in a week. At the time, Albert was living alone with his dog in North Surrey. It was discovered that his wallet was the and dog okay. So his wallet and ID were left at home, the dog and his rifle were gone. Okay. So we don't know. I'm going to, in my head, just imagine that he took the dog and did what Lucy did and just went and started a new life. And the dog is happy and probably not alive anymore. Or at least the
1: dog, you know, in the scenario, whatever happened, just like got away and started a new life at least. Or that,
0: yes. Happiest scenario for the pupper in all situations. Yes. So a female employee of Woolworth's, Woolworth's, I'm assuming that's like a grocery store or something that used to exist. Is it still? We don't have any of those here. Like the
1: old Walmart.
0: Oh, okay. Woolworths. In New West, reported seeing Albert on January 29th, 1957 and stated that the person that she saw was known to her as Al. The investigation into Albert's disappearance revealed that he worked at Martin Paper Company in New Westminster as a carpenter and part-time as a commercial fisherman. He was last seen at his job at Martin Paper Company on January 23rd, 1957. They also learned that he did not pick up his last paycheck, nor did he mention anyone at work that he was going anywhere or planned on leaving his job.
1: Do we know when payday was?
0: No. We don't.
1: I guess I'd have to look at probably what, like, the day he went missing was and the Friday
0: after kind of thing. Okay, never mind. Yeah, we don't. But he, Just in any respect, he had a paycheck and he didn't come get it.
1: Yeah, I I never forget to pick up.
0: Well, it's 2021. My paycheck is direct deposit. So. <laughs> well, you
1: know, early 2000s. True. Sometimes you still got a check.
0: Oh, I did. When I was a server, I always got a paper check. Mm-hmm. Albert also did not ever request employment insurance or EI as it's known here in Canada. He never applied for EI, but he did speak to an employee at EI at some point prior to his disappearance and stated that he was hoping to find work in Cache Creek. So this led the police to obviously look for him in Cache Creek and they did an investigation into where he could potentially be there and didn't turn up any sign of him.
1: Weird. Okay.
0: Yeah. It was known that Albert had a pretty strong desire to travel the world and that he thought he could do so by joining the military, but they looked into this lead as well and they found that Albert had not joined the military, not under his regular name anyways.
1: Yeah, I don't think he would enroll in a different name anyway. It's not like he has a criminal record or he's trying to hide it it seems. So No, I'm more just and mean why would I take guess like dog
0: to enlist in the army. That's true. I was more thinking like if he did What is happening upstairs? i was more thinking if he was trying and get away and start a new life and like be a new identity i think it was like a lot easier to do stuff like that under a fake name in like the, the 80s than it was or like the 60s than it isn't like you can really get away with it now but i think you definitely could back then
1: yeah true
0: Investigators were also told that Albert may have gone to northern B.C. to go fishing with a friend that was known only to others as, quote, old man. So they, like, knew this guy to him as old man. And it was said that Albert spoke about him quite a bit. <clears throat> like, he talked about old man pretty often. Unfortunately, they didn't have enough information to actually be able to, like, identify who this person was or even determine a location that he lived they had nothing they just knew he talked about some dude in northern bc called old man and was gonna go fishing with him that's literally it
1: okay
0: but you're gonna like take that's a vague <laughs> yeah take a big horn like up to northern bc and just drive with the, the horn out the window old man is that you Old
1: oh, man <laughs> Do you remember the Recola commercials?
0: Yes. Ricola. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> sometime okay, this part is actually kind of crazy. I don't know what's up with both of these cases today, but get this one. So sometime before he went missing, Albert had introduced his family to a woman who he said that he had married. Investigators, after he went missing, did some digging into this and learned that Albert had given this woman a diamond ring and a plain wedding band, but that they weren't married and that she was actually married to and living with another man.
1: So she was his, like, beard or, like, his wife for hire kind of thing? Or were they planning, was she planning to leave him and be with him? That's confusing.
0: He was trying to convince her. leave her husband and be with him
1: that's a bold move that is although i'm watching new girl right now and schmidt's trying to win Cece over all the time and i feel you love is love
0: i asked brandon when i was researching this if he would do that like if you were trying to get some if you were like in love with somebody who was married to somebody else would you give them a ring and like propose to them to try and get you to be with him and he goes i don't know that's pretty ballsy (laughs) <laughs> it is
1: no you say no brandon i'm not a home wrecker. <laughs>
0: you're not wrong yeah it's a, just That's a big move you know yeah the woman Ooh. was she was questioned was and stated that she didn't have any insight into why albert disappeared but thought maybe he had had enough of the situation and wanted to get away but she did say that she didn't think he would harm himself Albert's family spent a considerable amount of money in advertising to try and get more information about his disappearance, but none of the tips received provided any help. Albert was known to suffer from severe headaches and upset stomachs, but nothing at the time indicated that this contributed to him going missing. It was said that he had been drinking quite heavily in the year leading up to his disappearance, probably due to the fact that he was in love with a married woman.
1: Yeah, really coming to terms with the fact that a woman you're in love with is probably never going to be with you is pretty tough to cope with, I could imagine.
0: Yeah. So Albert was last seen wearing a dark green toque, a green jacket, a black wool sweater, black plaid shirt, and gumboots. At the time of his disappearance, he was 30 years old. Five foot six, one hundred and forty pounds, and said to um, have a medium build, brown hair with sideburns, and he has blue gray eyes. He liked to dress in expensive clothes, and he was an avid cartoonist. Albert has not attempted to contact cool. any family members since his disappearance. Yeah, I thought that was cool and I saw he was an avid cartoonist. That's really unique.
1: Yeah, it's a really neat. I wish I was artsy. I wish I could draw.
0: I can't draw worth I wish I could draw
1: and sing. Those are two skills that I think would be really amazing to have.
0: Same, and I'm like the worst at both of those.
1: Same.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can barely color inside the lines in our coloring book. (laughs) We're working on it. (laughs) Baby steps. Albert's missing persons file is the longest ever open with the Surrey RCMP. If you have any information about what might have happened to Albert, you are encouraged to call Surrey RCMP non-emergency line at 604-599-0502. And that is all I have for you guys today. It's kind of a uh, more like a I weird loved it, though. kind of a stranger kind episode of like for two me. Little
1: episodes.
0: Yeah, just kind of like Once I found out that this, that Lucy's case wasn't the longest opened at 52 years, I was like, what? (laughs) Like, wait, wait. Which one is the longest, though? And then I went down that rabbit hole and... um, I
1: have more questions now.
0: (laughs) I have more questions (laughs) than answers, but...
1: I loved it. I think it's really interesting and it is shocking to... I I just wasn't expecting also the longest missing person to be a man again. I just had these preconceived notions that the vast majority of x that went missing for x reason were going to be women yeah i don't know why
0: i know yeah it's uh it's crazy i think i mean we're going to be going into the new year next week is our final episode before 2022 oh my which is crazy yeah. it's also Basically our one year, one year is the next day, but we're just going to celebrate it's it. It's our
1: anniversary. When we put the episode
0: out on <laughs> Tuesday. It's crazy. So thank you. If you've been here since the beginning, thank you. If you just joined today, thank you. Thank you either way.
1: Yeah, we um, appreciate it. We can't thank you all enough.
0: Yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, another little tidbit, a little update. Uh, I know. You hear that,
1: people? She's got some more tidbits.
0: Well, last week I briefly spoke about um Jamie Coots, the
1: boxer incident. Yeah. Who,
0: yes, who was brutally attacked in Mexico by yeah. the man who claims yeah, we he's a professional her, boxer, heartbreaker. So since then, he has actually been charged with two counts of attempted femicide, one for the obviously attack on her friend and one for the attack on her as well. Jamie has actually been able to fly back to Canada. Oh, she did get home. Yeah, so I guess WestJet actually, um, because she was in such bad shape and the pilot like didn't even want to fly, but. There was something to do with her eye. It's all in the it's all in the GoFundMe like description, but and so something to do with her eye, and like she could lose her kind eye, and she just didn't want to yeah. be in Mexico. I don't want to have major surgery in Mexico either. I want to be at home. So, I guess I don't she. Want
1: to lose
0: my eye. I don't want to lose yeah. my eye either. You know what I mean, though? Like, God, that's at tough. that point, you're yeah. like so traumatized. You just Jeez. want to be home with your family in the country that you're 100%. from. 100%. So, west.
1: It the... took me 24 hours to get home from vacation recently, and that was stressful. I could not imagine having anything go actually wrong.
0: Yeah. So, I guess the pilot, like, didn't want to take off because her condition was so bad, but. He ended up getting permission to fly the whole way home at a lower altitude. So they, like, Westec came oh, wow. through and, like, really accommodated her. Um, The other thing I wanted to say is that I spent literally all eight hours of my day today um, just listening to podcast episodes on Tamla Horseford.
1: I am so obsessed with that case. And when you text me today, I just was so happy that we could talk about it because... Yeah. I have questions. I have concerns. I have theories. I
0: I think that that could be a really, really, really interesting episode to do together because I think we both have actually a lot of thoughts on that. And yeah. I mean, I had already heard the case. I had like re-listened I mean, yeah. to episodes. I just went on like a crazy deep dive today and I'm right back to what the fuck. So... Stay tuned. I know it's not Canadian, but sometimes we cover American cases here on this podcast. And uh, honestly, in
1: months though.
0: Stay tuned for that in the new year because that is going to happen for sure. You're gonna.
1: If you haven't heard it, you're gonna want to hear it. You're gonna be angry, upset.
0: Oh, you're gonna be pissed. If you've been listening to us just... for this long, then I know you're gonna be pissed.
1: Yeah, cause I got big feels about this. I and think I know everyone do does. Just by the way you were like, I went
0: deep. <laughs> I know. Like, let's put it this way. Podcasters, if you're a podcaster and you've put out an episode on Tamla Horsford, I've heard it. Yeah, same. Today. <laughs> that,
1: yeah, that's one of those cases that usually I'll listen to a case and I'm good for it, like i'll listen to it again in months if someone else does an episode on it but like others i don't want to listen to the same case over and over i can't stop there's that case that just fascinates you and you want to see who has that next little bit of Mm -hmm. information that was missing and this is that case and when it gets solved because i truly believe it's solvable as long as the right people are looking at it with no bias i will say i think it's solvable and it just needs to get fucking solved
0: yeah. Well they reopened it and I'm pretty sure it's still yeah. open, but True Crime and Cocktails put out an episode on that case today, and that's kind of what spurred me to go on the <laughs> the rabbit hole. They did a really good job. Morbid. I listened to the Crime Junkie episode again. I listened to the True Crime and Cocktails episode. I listened to a couple smaller podcasts. Um and I wanna listen to I've them all.
1: Just Feel for her family and her husband, and yeah, I just crazy. I got feels, you got feels. We're gonna get there.
0: Well, join us on Patreon if you want to hear kind of more of these chit chatty parts, like the end of this, because we do some of that over there. And um, we are going to have a Patreon episode come out at the end of the month that will be kind of like a wrap up of the year, so that'll be fun. Patreon.com slash podcast by proxy or you can get it right through the link in our bio. All right. Bye bye. Bye. I'll call you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>